Hi there. Welcome back to Stories That Made Us. This week, we speak of the Hero Brothers, Hunapu and Shabalank of the Kishe Mayans. The tale is narrated in Popol Vuh, or the Book of Counsel, the very same from where we recounted the Mayan tale of the creation of the world. Check out that story in episode 29 and 30 of the first season. Now, before we proceed, a quick word on our story of the week. It has been taken from the book titled The Mythology of All Races in 13 Volumes. This specific tale comes from volume 11 on Latin American mythology, which has been written by Hartley Burr Alexander. Details of the book are in the show notes. So, the deeds of the Hero Brothers in the Popol Vuh take place in an epoch of the world previous to the rise of the present sun. Apparently, they fall in an age of giants, just succeeding the destruction of the mannequins, for the narrative proceeds from the tale of the annihilation of these beings to the overthrow by the twins Hunapu and Shabalank of the Earth Titans, stating that the events occurred in the days of inundation, before mankind ever came to be. Vukup Kakish was the first of the giants, and his sin was the sin of hubris, for he once boasted, I shall be yet again above all created beings. I am their sun. I am their dawn. I am their moon. Great is my splendor, for I am he by whom men move. Of silver are the balls of my eyes, gleaming like precious stones, and the whiteness of my teeth is like the face of the sky. My nostrils shine afar like the moon. Of silver is my throne, and the earth liveth when I step forth from it. I am the sun, I am the moon, the bringer of joy. So be it, for my gaze reacheth afar. In reality, his sight ended where it fell and his gaze did not embrace the entire world. It was in fact because of his riches of metals and precious stones that Vukup Kakish thought to emulate the sun and the moon. It was for their pride and arrogance that Vukup Kakish and his sons Zipakna and Kabra Khan were successively overthrown and destroyed by the hero brothers. Attention! It is I who am the sun, cried Vukup Kakish. It is I who move the earth, then said Sapakna. And it is I that shake the sky and overturn the whole earth, quote Kabrakan. Indeed, such was their strength that they could move mountains, great and small, at will. And since such oracleless titans could be overcome only by craft, even with demigods for their adversaries, it was by craft that Hunapu and Shabalank, the hero twins, 
conquered them. Vakuk Kakish possessed a tree, the fruit of which was his food, and the twins, concealing themselves in its branches, shot the giant in the cheek with a poisoned arrow when he came for his meal, though they did not escape uninjured, for he tore away one of Hunaku's arms. The giant monster then went home, roaring with pain, and the two plotters, the two brothers, disguising themselves as physicians, came offering to cure his malady and saying, You suffer from a worm, but you can be cured if your jaw is altered by removing the bad teeth. It is by my teeth alone that I am the king. All my beauty comes from my teeth and the balls of my eyes, replied Vukub Kakish. We will put others in their place, then said the hero twins, and so, after convincing the giant, they substituted a teeth of maize for the emerald teeth of the giant, and then flayed the splendor from his eyes. The splendor faded for him. Vukub Kakish ceased to appear like a king, and soon he died while Hunapu recovered his arm, which Chimalmat, the wife of Vukub Kakish, was basting on a spit. The twins then turned away in triumph and focused their energies on the two sons of Vukub Kakish. Zipakna was the next victim. First, the brothers conspired with 400 youths to lure Zipakna to a pitfall, where they tried to destroy him by hurling huge trees upon him. And when all was quiet, the plotters erected a house on the spot, making merry with drink and celebrating their triumph. But the giant was only craftily biding his time, and rising suddenly he cast house and revelers high into the heavens where the 400 youths became the stars and the constellations that we still see today. The twins then decided upon another decoy. Since the food of Sapakna was seafood, especially crabs, they modelled a great crab, and painting it cunningly, they put it into a deep ravine. Encountering the giant on his food search, they pointed out this fine crab, and Zipakna, being greedy as ever, leapt after it. And they, wiser by experience, this time instead of hurling trees, hurled mountains upon him, thus imprisoning him. Though so desperate were his struggles for freedom, that eventually they turned him into a stone to quiet him. The third and the final giant, Kabrakan, was also made the victim of his own gluttony and pride. The brothers challenged him to shift a certain mountain, for he boasted that he could remove the greatest. But as he was preparing to show his strength, they suggested that he first partake of food, and shooting a bird, they cooked it for him. 
taking care to poison it in the process. The giant devoured the bird more greedily in that it was his first taste of cooked meat. But immediately his strength began to fail, and his eyes began to dim, and while the brother sweatingly urged him to make good his boasts, Kabrakan sank to earth, dead. The great adventure of the heroic twins, however, was their triumph over the Lords of Death, the Lords of Shibalba, and to this the second part of Popol Vuh is devoted. The tale begins with the story of an earlier pair of hero brothers, Hunun Apu and Vukub Apu, sons of Shipiakok and Shmukane. Hunun Apu, in turn, was the father of Hunbats and Hunchoen, two youths who seemed to be little more than foils for the hero twins later to be born. Although they are described as wise in all the arts, as players of the flute, singers, blowgun shooters, painters, sculptors, jewel workers, and even smiths. Hunan Apu and his brother Vukub Apu being devoted to Plakli, which is nothing but a ball game much like football or soccer of modern day, exercised themselves at the sport every day. As they played, they journeyed towards Shibalba, the underworld, whose lords Hun Kame and Vukub Kame also were clever at the ball game. Therefore, thinking to trap the upper world's champions, they of the nether realm sent them a challenge. Four owls were their messengers to meet in an underworld match, and the brothers, accepting the challenge, set out for Shibalba. Passing down a steep descent, they soon crossed a river in a deep gorge next to a boiling river, and then a river of blood, after which, beyond a fourth river, they came to crossroads, red, black, white, and yellow. The guardian of the black road said, I am the way to the king, but it led them to a place where two wooden images were seated. These the brothers saluted, and, receiving no response except a laughter of the Shibalbans, the heroes knew that they had been made butts of ridicule. The brothers angrily issued their challenge, and the crafty Shibalbans invited them to seats on the throne of honor. But this proved to be a heated stone, and when the brothers burned themselves, the princess of Shivalba could scarcely contain their merriment. The brothers were then given torches and conducted to the House of Gloom, with injunctions to keep the light undiminished until the dawn. But the torches were speedily consumed, and when, next day, they were brought before Hunkame and Fukukame, who demanded the lights back, they could only reply, The lights are consumed, lords. 
Thereupon, at the command of the underworld gods, the brothers were sacrificed and their bodies were buried. Only the head of Hunun Apu was placed in a fruit tree, where it was immediately transformed so as to be indistinguishable from the fruits which the tree bore. The Shibalbans were prohibited from approaching this tree. But a certain maiden named Shikik, or Prince's Blood, having heard of it, said to herself, Why should I not go to see this tree? In summer its fruits should be sweet, according to what I hear said of it. She approached the tree in admiration. Are such the fruits of this tree? And should I die were I to pluck one? Then the head in the midst, which was of course Hunun Apu's head, said, Do you indeed desire it? These round lumps among the branches of the tree are only death's heads. Nevertheless, Shikik was insistent, whereupon Hunun Apu's head demanded that she stretch forth her hand, and by a violent effort he spat into it saying, This saliva and foam which I give thee is my posterity. Behold, my head will cease to speak, for it is only a death's head with no longer any flesh. So it is also with the head of even the greatest of princes, for it is the flesh alone that adorns the visage. From where comes the horror which besets men at their moment of death? The head of Hunun Apu then directed the maiden to flee to the upper world, knowing that she would be pursued by the underworld powers. And that was the case indeed when they heard that Shikik was unciente. They demanded that she be sacrificed for having disobeyed the order to never approach the tree. They sent Almen to execute her doom. But the princess beguiled the owls, inducing them to substitute for her heart the coagulated sac of the bloodwort, the odor of which they took to be the scent of blood, whilst she herself fled to the protection of the mother of Hunbats and Hunchuen. The mother, upon seeing an underworld princess, demanded proof that the newcomer was indeed her daughter-in-law, and sent Shikik to the field for maize. There was but one hill in the field, whereupon the maiden appealed for aid to the gods, by whose miraculous help she was enabled to gather a full burden of maize without disturbing a single hill. This miracle satisfied the mother-in-law, who said, It is a sign that you are indeed my daughter-in-law, and that those whom you carry will be wise. And shortly after this, Shikik gave birth to the hero twins, Huna Apu and Shabala, the very same who had defeated Vikup Kakish and his sons Zipatna and Kabrakan. The newcomers, 
The hero twins, Huna, Apu, and Shabalank were welcomed by all. All excepting Hunbats and Hunchuan, who regarded their half-brothers as rivals and plotted their death. But Hunapu and Shabalank, who from birth had shown their prowess as magicians, transformed the two flute players into monkeys, condemning them to live in the trees. Hunbats and Hunchuan, says the chroniclers, were invoked by musicians and singers forever in time, and also by painters and sculptors. But they were changed into beasts and became monkeys because of their pride and their maltreatment of their brothers. It is probable that the two were monkey-form gods of the arts, though it is also possible that transformation is associated with that of the primeval age with ended with the metamorphosis of men into monkeys. The next episode in the career of the two youths was the clearing of a field by means of magic tools which felled trees and dug the soil while their owners amused themselves at the chase. But at night, the animals restored the vegetation. Accordingly, the brothers concealed themselves to watch for the undoers of their work. And when, by night, the lion, the puma, and the tiger, and the jaguar, and the hare, and the possum, and the deer, and coyote, and the porcupine, and peccary, together with many birds, appeared and called to the felled trees to raise themselves, the brothers attempted to trap the animals. They succeeded, however, only in seizing the tails of the deer and the rabbit, which of course explains the present state of their tiny tails. But finally they captured the rat, which, to save its life, revealed to them the hiding place of the rings and gloves and the rubber ball with which their father had played tactly and which their grandmother had concealed from them, lest they too became lost through the fatal lure of the game. The game through which their fathers were persuaded to enter the underworld. By a ruse, the twins succeeded in getting possession of the apparatus, and, like their fathers, became passionately devoted to the sport. When the lords of Shibalba heard of this, they said, Who then are these that begin to play again above our heads, shaking the earth without fear? Are not Hunun Apu and Vukup Hunapu dead? The two who wish to exalt themselves before us. Trying to figure out who the new miscreants were, the lords of the underworld dispatched a messenger with a challenge to the new champions which the twins accepted. But before they departed for the underworld, each planted a reed in the house of their grandmother, saying that if any ill befell either of them, this reed would wither and die. The twins then passed the underworld rivers, and coming to the four roads, this time named black, white, red, and green, they set out upon the black path. 
though they took the precaution to send in advance an animal called Shan, with instructions to prick the leg of each lord in the realm below. The first two throned beings made no response, being mannequins of wood. But the third uttered a cry, and his neighbor said, What is it, Hunkame? What has pricked you? The same thing happened to Vukupkame, Shikiripak, Alapu, and all the other lords of the underworld. And it is thus that the lords revealed themselves, calling one another by name, each in turn. When the hero twins came, refusing to salute the wooden man, they addressed the lords of Shibalba each by his title, much to the chagrin of the lords. And further, they declined a place on the heated stone, saying, It is not our seed. In the succeeding episodes, Hunapu and Shabalank underwent the ordeals of the Houses of the Underworld. The House of Gloom was first, but the twins substituted red paint for the fire on the torches given to them, and thus preserved the torches, which were left unlit and undiminished. And much like the way they treated their fathers before, when the Shabalbans came and asked for the torches, the hero twins produced them. Where indeed are you come from? cried the astonished Shibalbans. Who are you? Who can say from where we are? the hero twins answered. We ourselves do not know. And so they refused to reveal themselves. And then in the game of ball which followed, they altogether defeated the Shibalbans. But since this only augmented the desire of the underworld lords for the lives of the pair, the lords demanded of the two twins that they bring them four vases of flowers. Accordingly, they sent the youths under guard to the house of lancers. But the brothers overcame the demons of this abode by promising them the flesh of all animals while at the same time they persuaded the ants to bring the needed flowers from the gardens of Hunkame and Fukupkame. Having thus failed with this test, the Shibalbans then dispatched their guests to the house of cold, which they survived by kindling the pine knots. The next trial was the house of tigers, but its ferocious denizens were diverted by bones which the brothers cast to them. The house of fire was also harmless to the twins. But in the sixth house, the house of bats, or the house of Kamazots, as its lord was called, they met their first discomfiture. All night the heroes lay prone, longing for the dawn. But at last, Hunapu for a moment raised his head, which was instantly shorn off by the vigilant Kamasots. Shabalank, in desperation, summoned the animals to his assistance, and the turtle, 
chancing to touch the bleeding neck of Hanapu, became attached to it, and was transformed into a head with the magic aid of the animals. The real head of Hinapu, the lords of Shibalba had suspended in the ball cold, where they were reviling it, when Shabalank and Hunapu, with his turtle's head, appeared for the last round at the game. And, with the assist of the animals, Shabalank succeeded in winning the victory once more, and recovering Hunapu's head, he restored it in place of the turtles. Having now met the ordeals set by Shabalbans, the brothers undertook to show their own prowess, and first of all, their contempt of death. Anticipating the actions of the lords of Shabalba in condemning them to death, they sought the counsel of two magicians, Shulu and Pakam, with whom they arranged for their resurrection, after which, sentenced to be burned, they mounted the funeral pyre and met their death, whereat all the Shabalbans were filled with joy, crying, We have triumphed indeed, and none too soon. The bones, ground to powder at the advice of the two magicians, were cast upon the underworld waters, wherein on the fifth day two fishmen were to be seen while the next day, a pair of wretched beggars, poor and miserable, appeared among the Shabalbans. These beggars, however, were wonder workers. They burnt houses and immediately restored them. They even sacrificed and then resuscitated one another. Their fame soon reached the ears of Hun Kameh and Vikup Kameh and when the mendicant magicians were brought before these lords, they were implored by the Shabalban kings to perform their miracles. Thereupon, the beggars began their dances. They killed and revivified the dogs of the underworld princess. They burnt and restored the royal palace. They sacrificed and brought to life a man each deed at the command of Hun Kameh and Vukup Kameh. Finally, overcome with excitement, the lords of Shibalba cried, Do likewise with us, immolate us too, and then bring us back to life. Can death exist for you lords of the underworld? asked the beggars ironically. Nevertheless, it is your right that we amuse you. But when the beggars had sacrificed Hunkame and Vikupkame, they restored them no more to life. Then fled all the remaining lords of Shibalba, seeing after all their kings to be dead, and their bodies laid open. But in a moment they themselves were sacrificed too. A chastisement which was their due. A single prince escaped, begging for pity, while the host of these vassals prostrated themselves before their conqueror. And then the magicians turned and revealed themselves to be none other than the hero twins, 
to be none other than Hunapu and Shabalak. They disclosed their names and the names of their fathers, saying, We are the avengers of the sufferings of our sires. Hearken now to your doom, you men of Shibalba. Since your fame and your power are no more, and you merit no clemency, your race shall have little room, and never again shall you play the game of ball. Yours it shall be to make objects of burnt clay, pots and pans, and maize grinders, and the animals that live in brushwood and in solitude shall be your share. All the happy, all the cultivated, shall cease to be yours. The bees alone will continue to reproduce before your eyes. You are perverse, cruel, sad, wretched, who have done ill. Now you lament it. Thus were degraded those who had been of bad faith, hypocritical, tyrannical. Thus the power of the underworld, of the Shibalbans, was ruined. Meanwhile, in the upper world, the grandmother of the twins, watching the two reeds, had mourned and rejoiced in turn, twice seeing them wither, and twice revive. The living reeds, the level earth, the centre of the house, shall be the names of this place, the old grandmother then said. The twins, meanwhile, still in the underworld, talked with the heads of their father and uncle, paying them funeral honours and elevating them to the sky, one to be the sun and the other the moon. They raised up also the four hundred youths that were buried by Zipakna to become stars in heaven, saying, Henceforth you shall be invoked by civilized people, you shall be adored, and your names shall not perish. Such in its general character is the mythic portion of the purple verb. It is built up of elements found far and wide in North America, and it reflects ideas practically universal among the civilized Nahuatlan and Mayan tribes. But it possesses one great distinction, that of presenting its concepts with an imaginative intensity unmatched by any other version. A quality which in some measure argues that the whole cycle is original with the Mayan stock. The myth certainly gives a broad view of the South Mayan pantheons, and most of the elements in the proper names which can be interpreted are indicative of the cosmic nature of the personalities. That then ends this week's tale. Hope you enjoyed our recounting of the great myth of the Hero Twins. If you did, please do leave a rating and a feedback, it helps us out immensely. 
Don't forget to check out the intriguing creation myth of the Mayans as well in episodes 29 and 30 of season 1. I guarantee you'd relish that tale as much as this one. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram by following the handle at StoriesTHTMDEUS. That's at StoriesTHTMDEUS. I'll see you again next week. Until then, goodbye.